0: and welcome to the men up podcast i am christian shabu will van dyke
1: what up y'all welcome back lamar Womble.
0: welcome back season four y'all it is so exciting to have y'all joining us this week and every week as we dig into culture current events and our own events and as we redefine manhood and masculinity so that all of us however you identify can thrive now before we get into today's episode we want to make sure that As you're listening, that you, if you leave with a level up, that you continue to support us with reviews, feedback, five-star ratings if we've earned it, so that we can continue to spread the good word throughout our community. So make sure y'all do that after you listen to today's episode. We are going to start off with a new segment called Shots of Hope. Now, if you've been with us from the start, or if this is your first time joining us, you should know three things about us. First, we don't think of ourselves as experts, but we are guys committed to doing this work and ready to do it. Second, we always want to maintain looking forward and making progress while also acknowledging the progress in this moment. And finally, as a team, we got our start and find so much joy in all things basketball. This is why we're starting with Shots of Hope. So every episode, we're going to warm up by offering up a few quick stories of examples in our daily life in the world around us that are giving us reasons to celebrate, to be hopeful of the redefining of manhood and masculinity that we're seeing today and every day. I am going to start off by saying in the last several weeks, uh, while going through some really challenging times, personally for myself, uh, I've really turned to my community. And so much of that community are the guys on this podcast, uh, but also other friends family members, folks that are in my community, whether it's running groups or other groups I'm a part of. And what's been really profound has been the support of all those people, but particularly uh, the men in those groups, right? I've had many messages, many conversations with men that are uh, really looking to seek to understand the challenges I'm going through, being incredibly empathetic and being in really powerful conversation consistently. And that's something that honestly I was really surprised by that kind of uh, support and desire to really listen and be empathetic and really just share of uh, one another's story. And so that's something that's really. Uh, giving me some hope.
2: One of the ways that I, I think I've been missing and showing up uh, was through coaching, uh, sports, athletics. I hadn't done it in a very long time, but uh, over the last four weeks, uh, I've been uh, participating in a sort of basketball clinic at the school that my kids go to. Uh, we got about eh, just under 30 kids or so that show up week to week and uh, from all ages uh, and uh, I guess it's actually technically grades one through five, but um, uh, yeah, boys and girls uh, coming together, playing basketball, just having fun with it. And and it's been uh, extremely helpful for my mental health, I think, as well as I think uh, uh, making connections in the community at the school and stuff like that, which has been uh, something that I think uh, certainly hadn't happened in the last two years, and uh, and just really uh, getting to know uh, parents and families uh, that I didn't know before uh, in and amongst our school. So I think those types of uh, you know, there's it obviously took the form of sports in my world, but it can take the form in, you know uh, in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different categories of community outreach and those sort of things. But for me, uh, I think it was it was really really awesome. So. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful for uh, you know growing the community within my kid's school and stuff like that through through what we've been doing. So I think that's that's one big thing. I want to just note very quickly on a national scale too that uh, I believe it was Denver, Colorado. This is something that we I think maybe mentioned on a way past thing, but a non-police uh, response team for crises where they are they are responding without police in mental health crises and other. Uh, certain scenarios drug related uh, uh, overdoses those sort of things where they're uh, sending in mental health professionals and emergency people instead of police they're expanding that five times like they're giving funding over five times that model is something that I'm actually quite hopeful for i think it is extremely powerful for communities right now i'm doing a lot of research on that and and i think that it is uh, you know, sort of modeling itself in, in a community like Denver, but it's certainly expandable to other communities and cities around the uh, country. So um, uh, that's my sort of like personal and national.
1: Mine is uh, personal, but it'd also be a good segue into where we're going with the episode today. And so, uh, you know, a friend of mine, uh, you know, similar to Shabu ended up in a situation where he um, ended up getting out of a relationship uh with the woman that he's been seeing and uh you know he's been he kind of retreated a little bit and you could we have a group chat that he's in and uh he kind of just kind of pulled back uh and you know just really hadn't heard from him in about a week um and so one of my close friends who uh has spoken with him is like hey you should reach out to him um and and just check in right see how he's doing so I texted him last week and um he had mentioned to me he's just like man yeah I'm just kind of going through it just, just thinking about a lot. You know what I mean? And I was like, you know, bet. So I got that. I was like, here's what you should do. Um, I think you should like really take some time to to just write, you know, to write write to yourself, uh, write to your exes, write to whoever you feel like you've wronged or whatever guilt that you're carrying, like write, write those things out. And, um, you know, he ended up I checked with him a couple of days later and he ended up writing like letters to his daughter, to his mom and to ex-girlfriends. And like, even if he's not going to end up giving those letters away, um, you know, we all know that forgiveness and uh, trying to break through and move forward and uh, heal from things that you've gone through, uh, all that stuff is, it has to happen for you first. Uh, and writing is a major, major way uh, in order to be able to do that. And he said to me, he was like, man, he's like, I needed that. It was very therapeutic uh, to be able to do that, and so I said, you know, that is awesome that you even considered the advice because I feel like it's not not something a lot of men would do. Um, And so he did it, felt the way he felt about it, and I was like, and if you want to level up, now you have an opportunity to deliver these letters and and give them to the to the people and the women in your life that you feel um, why you've been the way you have or like why you know, whatever guilt or shame that you're carrying with past relationships, like you can go have that conversation and, and start fresh in order to get rid of all of that that you've been carrying and step into something new. Um, and I think he just received it really, really well and it made me happy and something I wanted to share as a shot of hope for uh, men in general, but also for anybody and all of us coming out of relationships um, and that's romantic and platonic of things we can do to heal and and move forward.
0: In this season, uh, we are really focused on digging into the urgency of now. And what we mean by that is why is doing this work to redefine manhood and masculinity so important to do now, right? What are the issues? What are the things we are seeing now in our society that are really necessary for us to make shifts, make changes on, really address head on? And so, Today, uh, Lamar talked a little bit about this, alluded to this a little bit, but we're going to focus on you know, what do we do, what happens when relationships end, when there are breakups, right? And we're going to start uh, by going in uh, with a very public example, but I'm sure we're going to get personal here as you alluded, Lamar, uh, but we're going to start with the example of Kanye West, right? Now, it seems like Kanye is in uh, the public eye all of the time. Uh, and uh, more often than not, recently, not for good reasons. And so over the last several months, obviously, uh, there's been the very public divorce of Kanye, Kim Kardashian, and then the fallout from that, which has been a lot of social media back and forth between Kanye, Pete Davidson, there's been the moving right next to Kim Kardashian, a new house, right? Like all of this um, actions and words that are quite simply harassment, right? And so it seems like whether the conversation has been uh, on the he said, he said, or he said, she said, you know, the drama part of it, or the conversation has been a little bit about, you know, being pulled from the Grammys and other uh, events like that. Uh, There's only been a few voices, shout out to DL Hughley, Trevor Noah, a few other folks uh, that have really started to dig into like the, the fundamental challenges here and the conversation that really needs to be had, the nuanced conversation. So what I'd like to start off today, guys, talking about is like one, identifying why Kanye's words and actions, his harassment, like what about that is so problematic? Uh, but then start to zoom out and say like, you know, when we think about breakups, when we think about things ending, the way we respond, like what is the source of this kind of behavior?
1: Listen, man, I, I'm i very lucky to have a partner that knows how to explain things to me um, in a way that gives me like the ultimate Amount of empathy. Uh, I, I, I'm just grateful for it every day. Um, because like, you know, I'm a big Kanye West fan, like to the core. Like, love Kanye, love his creativity, love the inspiration he brings. I I, I love even the parts of him that um, they call crazy. Like I've been to multiple Kanye concerts and I've listened to him go on multiple rants in the middle of his concert about people telling him that he can or that. He needs to defer his dreams, or that he'll never be this or never be that. And I'm always like, I feel that like as a motivational speaker, somebody who connects to that, uh, I think obviously there's a line that is being crossed um, when it comes to threat publicly threatening um, her new partner um, and, and, and like, you know, publicly like maneuvering in a way that makes it seem like she, he's trying to cause challenge and trouble for her, um, especially when it feels like internally that like they actually are having day-to-day conversations about, Oh, are you picking up the kids today? Or are you going to go take the kids to the basketball game? And it's like, well, how can, how, how can both things be true? And I think those types of things aren't helping him at all because it seems as if he's trying to make a spectacle to just stay in the limelight, which I think part of his whole thing is like, let me just make a scene so I can stay relevant because he is who he is, like there's a, a really fine line of um, how people view it, especially men versus women. And I think that some of the behavior that is being validated by men is like behavior that men have displayed in the past where they're like, well, this, this feels right. This is what I would do if I was coming out of this situation. And I think it's up to us to be like, mm, nope, can't do that, not right, not the right move find other ways, you know what I mean? Like be better. Um, And I think that's what we're here to do.
2: I try not to assess other people's mental state uh, to a certain extent, because we don't know. What I do sort of, because there are so many things that he has put out into the public sphere, you can sort of gather evidence for yourself based on all of his comments, actions, choices, all of those sort of things do, you know, just in aggregate show signs of pure and uh, harassment towards people, particularly his, you know, former spouse and and all that sort of thing. Those are in aggregate abhorrent, they are uh, damaging to uh, uh, people even somebody who is of uh, the resources that Kim has that she may be able to rely on both, you know, uh, I mean, to, to say it, but security wise, uh, you know, mental health wise, the things that she has access to that a lot of women don't have access to, it does not insulate her from the damage that Kanye could be doing. And to his kids, uh, this is, this is, um, is tragic. Um, I guess what I would sort of, because your question I think originally was sort of, where did this sort of come from? And I think that in Kanye's case, it's likely two things. One is that what Lamar touched on, which is you get addicted to being in the public eye, I think a lot. And if you don't have the resources to deal with the reality of life and you also get the sort of uh, adrenaline rush all the time from being in the public eye, being talked about constantly, being admired for your art, that is like a drug and you get addicted to it and you need to find ways but if you don't have healthy outlets which i think is sort of the other thing and you don't have a healthy i mean you started this episode by talking a little bit about how you find found yourself some healthy outlets in dealing with your own personal thing and i'm not trying to draw parallels necessarily but i think there are ways to find healthy ones even in a status like kanye there are so many lines um and uh, that are parallel to trouble with men and masculinity uh, and stubbornness in, in everyday men and men like Kanye that really prevent you from hearing what you need to hear in situations like this.
1: And to add to that real quick, like I don't know if you guys have watched the, uh, his documentary on, on Netflix, uh, Genius. First of all, it's incredibly inspiring, as, they, as the people say, it's the old Kanye uh, but it's dope. But what it what to your point, Will? what it shows is, is that as he ascended, and I think this probably would happen in most cases, unless you are like, able to stop it or see it before it happens, it where the people that he came up with, right, the people that were really around him when he was just ascending, uh, he got too big for them. And, you know, a lot of times some athletes, you'll see it, They they have There's like the homies that are like leeches that are like sucking off and like eating off. But then there's like the girlfriend since eighth grade. And there's also like uh, maybe like a mentor or in LeBron's case, right? He had this, he was insulated with this core group of guys that could keep him human, keep him down to earth, that kind of thing. And Kanye departed from those guys and then he refound them just a couple of years ago. So in between everything that happened, He didn't really have that circle as his mom. And then when his mom died, then it was kind of like he pushed away from everyone and then came back to these guys. Um, And I don't obviously I don't know where he's at now, but it seems like, you know, those guys don't feel like they are in a position to be able to tell him what to do not to do. And they more so just receive the results of what is happening versus like giving him
2: wisdom before beforehand to like not do something or do things that he's engaging in. That part about his mom too, I, I, you know, uh, traumatic events compound themselves if you don't deal with them independently too. And I think it's, and that's true of everyone. And so again, I think if you're not handling things, and again, he probably justified, you know, his, his latest creative endeavors of dealing with his mom's passing and those sort of things by trying to talk about it through his music and through creative outlets and those sort of things, but it's maybe not serving him the way that he thinks that it is serving him. And now he's just just sort of like having this tidal wave of traumatic event after traumatic event, and it becomes such a uh, it becomes such a tidal wave of 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 st- of shit to deal with. So I'm not trying to justify any of this to a certain extent. Again, just the question was sort of how are we interpreting his thing? So I I have a comment and I'm sure we'll get to it later, but like also, you know, of course is a podcast about masculinity and, and, and manhood and, and we're centering it on Kanye, but like we have to also center this on, on Kim to, to a certain extent and, and, and make sure that like part of the way that men deal with these moments are can be more, um, find ways to be more uh, sympathetic, empathetic towards the partner in the relationship also, so that like we can find pathways out of our own trauma through being more sympathetic and empathetic towards the other party who might be happening. But I mean, that takes a ton of work and it's not, it's not as easy as just saying it out loud.
0: So Will, you've said the word trauma several times as we've been talking about this conversation. And honestly, that's where this topic, like talking about this as the first episode of the season, like this is where it came up for me, right? Because... Uh, there was this moment, you know, several weeks ago. So as, as, we, as we've kind of alluded to here and maybe buried the lead a little bit, uh, personally, for me, uh, a relationship I've been in for a little less than two years ended incredibly devastating in a lot of ways. And one of the first things I did uh, upon the relationship ending was I reached out to my community, right? And one of those communities was a run group that I'm a part of. We have a group thread that, you know, there's 50, 60 of us on reached out to the group And the responses I got, as I was alluding to in the Shots of Hope, were really powerful and supportive. And there was a lot of response, too, of like, hey, I can feel you on what you're going through right now because in the last year, two years, I went through a divorce. I went through a breakup. And I got to tell you, out of a group of about 50, 60 people in this closed group, I got probably a dozen, upwards of two dozen, like, responses of that. And that feels, I mean, listen, I know relationships end, I know relationships break up, but in a short time span, that feels like an awful lot for a small group, right? And I think some of that has to do with what the trauma is that we've all been experiencing for two years, this pandemic, and what that's done to our relationships, right? And so it feels really important to have this conversation because our relationships are evolving, are ending, and it's really important for us to understand how do we find, you know, our, our own personal power. What do we have control over in these situations, and what does that mean for how we engage with whoever that person is—our our ex, our you know, whoever our, we're getting divorced from or splitting from? Like, and and that's really important for us to have that conversation. And and for me, like obviously, like this example of Kanye is a very public one, right? Um, but on a personal level, like have just been in real time, really processing through like where where is that power, where is that control, and and what's a productive way. Um, of moving forward.
2: The perception that you gained from asking that group of, would you say 50, 60 people or so? And then you said a dozen responses. Now that's a dozen who decided to respond to you. Societally, we have a, we have almost a 50% divorce rate across the country. So like if it's a dozen out of 60 or 50, even that's actually only a quarter of that group. And now, granted, I don't know the demographic breakdown of that group necessarily, but a breakup slash divorce or anything like that, it's actually quite low, but so like there might be more of them out there in that group who have experienced that sort of separation in their life before. And, and, and I, and i and it's, and it's interesting too, that like our perception of that being like a low number, but like, really it, it like. To, to pull it all the way out you, there might be just so much more happening in that group even that are like internalizing it like ooh, this dude's going through something but i don't want to i don't want to comment on it like there's so much more there and i, don't, I obviously don't want to project onto that group that i don't know but like it is it is a, it is a scenario in which that perspective that you have now of like hey there's so much out there that actually might be double. Like there, there still is so much that we are not unpacking when it comes to relationship breakups and and, and separations. And and, and it, yes, I use the word trauma quite often, but I think it's you know it's perfectly valid to classify that as traumatic moments that people may not be dealing with.
1: When you got all those responses, was it was it like comfort, or was it like dang? There's there's like a bigger issue. Like there's something else going on. It
0: was both you know, one of the things that I've done uh, in the past in really hard times where, where grieving is going to happen, whether that's, you know, you lose somebody through death or you lose somebody because relationship ends or whatever. A lot of times, like I've turned inward, uh, and that's been really hard, right? Like that, that has, that has allowed for a lot more suffering, um, that I actually had control over. Right. Like there's some, right. There's some suffering that like, you don't have control of it and you just kind of have to endure. Right. Like but there's some that we have control over and for me a lot of that has been like inward like i, I just kind of even if like i tell friends like i think is going on i don't really talk about it right and and this seemed like a moment you know i'd call it you know getting a little bit older a little bit wiser and being like you know i'm, I'm tired of doing things the same way and you know feeling feeling like shit you know for a long time like after something ends right so like let's go to the group, right? And, and just that validation of like, you're not alone, I'm not alone in this, or somebody else has had certainly not the same experience, but similar enough where we can connect. That is a powerful, a powerful part of the medicine of getting through breakups, getting through that grief. Um, and the second thing is like, yeah, it just, I, I have heard the conversation over two years during this pandemic and coming out of it, like, put the run group aside, like, other friends that I've had Lamar you sharing about your your buddy at the top here like it just seems that because of this moment in time because of the the stress the trauma the you know reevaluating our lives right like relationships are ending you know maybe it is at the same rate to your point well that that they've always been right but but at very least it feels a little bit more present right like at least to me right and so it seems like it's really important for us to talk about you know what do we do when, when those relationships end? And we know that kind of grieving has to happen. And like, what do, we, what do we actually learn from that? How do we respond in a way? And this is the thing I've thought a lot about um, during this time. Like, how do we respond in a way that is still grounded in our values? Even when those like moments are really, really hard to stay grounded in your values and stay grounded in how you actually want to lead your life.
1: I love that because it reminds me of, of something that we've talked about, which is like leading with your challenge or your struggle right, when people are asking you how you're doing, be like, oh, like, I'm good, but I'm going through this thing, and being and being specific about it, right, and, like, offering it up as a way to get it off of your body, but also to find common ground, to make somebody else open up, feel comfortable, and put them in a space of, like, vulnerability as well, and so I think that's something that I, I know I do for myself, but also um, seems like, like, I don't know if I've ever done it that way, which seems really interesting, which is, like, I'm assuming, was it like, oh, how are you, Chris? And you're like, hey, guys. Or you just like got into the group and was like offered it up.
0: I had just been to that, you know, that Sunday. We, we have a run group that does these like runs that are like protest runs, right? And and like, it's usually around some sort of issue, right? And the issue for that month was around like access to mental health um, services and things like that, right? And part of the the speakers that we had before we went on this run, like we're talking about like this very thing that like, hey, if you, if you have your... If, if you're in the right mindset where you know you're feeling challenged and you feel like you can reach out to people like do that right and then later that day this this moment happens this real like crisis moment for me of this like breakup this thing that I cared deeply about and like I had this choice of like okay I've got people around me just had this moment it was like hey if you're feeling challenged like and you can reach out to people and so I just reached out to the group and was like hey I need you all to know, like based on, we just had this conversation, like I'm going through a really hard thing right now. I just need some people to know. Um, And that was it, right? Like, didn't even ask for anything. Didn't, you know, didn't say like, you know, X, Y, or Z. But then, then the support that came back was profound. Like, and support that was, you know, to the point like messages of like empathy and connection, but also like some folks that were like, hey, I know that that sucks. If you need to get out of your apartment for a week, right? You need to be in a different space, come through here or those kind of things. That
1: happened though, right? That happened.
0: That happened (laughs) like legit. Like, uh, one of the, one of the women in my, my run group who is incredible support has become, was already like becoming a good friend. And obviously this moment has like made us stronger friends, right? She was like, yo, I legit like almost to the day uh, started going through a divorce one year ago. She's like, I know how much that sucks. I know how much you need to like, how much being out of that space, just the physical space is healing. Like, let me offer up my space to you. Cause I'm going out of town anyway. It was like, holy shit. There like I would have never known that resource was there if I didn't lead with that vulnerability and lead with that. Like, Hey, I'm going through some shit right now.
2: Going through these moments uh, leads to a lot of like loneliness that sort of creeps in immediately because you lose the sort of safe space of the person that you probably spend the most time with on a day in and day out basis. And then all of a sudden that's plucked away and you're left with a void. and, And a lot of people, you know, I think historically have retreated inward to sort of like try to deal with it themselves. And so to try to flip it on its head and find community in those moments, reverses the loneliness feelings that sort of come up and bubble up from those moments. So, like, just activating community, you know, sort of flips it on its head. Some people are going to need that individual time and they're going to deal with that on their own. But certainly, a loneliness that happens, you know, almost instantaneously can be counteracted by, by that outreach. So, it's like a crucially important thing. And I want to draw one just, a, just one quick tie back to the Kanye thing. And what I've heard from celebrities in general, and that's why a lot of celebrities end up dating other celebra- celebrities, is because there's a loneliness in dating somebody who is not also a celebrity. You they there's a lack of connection that happens sometimes. And I think certainly, you know, it's why they sort of skip from people to people, because you're finding sort of like a common barrier and I wonder if Kanye's just surrounded by a bunch of no name a bunch of dudes who we don't know like who we we have no idea and he's and there's a loneliness that creeps in that he is the alpha at the top of the pyramid with nobody else surrounding him that is of a stature you see people sort of try to reach out to him and be like yo Kanye let's let's do this let's try to do it. let's get you know, whatever, but there's just, like, there's no connection point, so, like, he probably would never admit it, I'm sure, but, like, there's probably this loneliness that creeps in that leads to this, like, sort of, like, his community, he thinks, is his social media, is his art, is his music video, something like that. Anyway, I, I, I just find that loneliness piece of, 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 of some of that to be really profound, um, and I know I felt that in past breakups and things like that, like, just trying to reach out, to, to to people and try to establish that level of community, um, but it, it it's a real that's a real feeling too that it's coming coming around and and it maybe has some parallels too to what we're seeing in in, in, in some ways. But yeah, it, I'm I'm so glad, and I think that's a great lesson for for everybody too of just being like, hey, just just try to find that replacement community temporarily, even like even just in that moment of temporary relief to that, to that gut feeling of loneliness that can help transition you out of one situation to another. So Shabu,
1: the the second thing I was going to say, why breakups are happening and why they might be seeming to happen at a a different rate outside of the uh, pandemic is, and I don't know if it's pandemic related or not, as much as I think that it is related to the overall nuance of how we have relationships now i just feel like we we i was talking to my mom about this this week we as people in romantic relationships don't let things slide anymore and i think there was a generation 20 25 years ago that like people overlook things to make marriages work right mm-hmm. men did a lot of things in marriages that women were like yeah, I don't agree. I'm not down with that. That traumatized me. That hurt me. But I'm gonna stay and make it work anyway. And I think now we're in a world where we are, we are so into our mental health. We are so into talking about trauma. We're so into like the the details of our life in a way that they weren't in the past. That is causing us to be like, I'm not gonna stick around for this trauma. Like, I'm not gonna be treated this way. I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, be controlled in this way. Like those things that, that maybe they would have dealt with both parties, men and women would have dealt with 20 years or 25 years ago. People are just like, no, like I'm out Um, until people learn how to like work through their own stuff and then arrive in a relationship because most people will not work through it together. Especially this day and age, uh, younger people as well. Like maybe like older may, but like, I think even Shabu in your case, we found that that is not the case, right? Like so, I just think there's something too about how we're looking at ourselves that is preventing people from being in longer-term relationships because they're like, "I'm just not going to deal with what we used to deal with." So it just leads to us being like, "All right, I'm out."
0: It makes me think about so. This morning uh, was utilizing the Calm app, meditate regularly with it. Great app. If y'all you know have the access to the resource, can pay for it, like any of those kind of apps, like I think really go uh, a long way in, in maintaining uh, mental health, clarity, flexibility, uh, and was listening to meditation uh, playlists that they have. And it was about the title of it was about giving up. Right. And it was about, you know, when to, when to give up. Right. And it it was interesting because towards the end of the meditation, the guy who was leading it uh, was saying that, you know, like it is, essentially saying it's hard to discern like you know when do you fight for a thing or fight through a thing and when do you give up right and ultimately the only way we know is is through experience through wisdom right and and having that internal check but but to your point Lamar right like the, there is there is probably even more uh, of a conversation to be had now both individually and, and collectively around like you know what are what are the things we can work through fight through you know like, persevere through them. and when does it become a no it's it's time to give up right that's where i find myself like in in this breakup right now like still navigating it and still not totally having a good answer right and and sort of like going back and forth a little bit on that roller coaster not the high highs and low lows but that's sort of like the middle part of that roller coaster that just kind of waves through like going back and forth and and, and i think that the the thing that hopefully I've been able to maintain maybe for all of us to maintain is like not acting from that space. Right. If you don't have the clarity of whether you totally know whether to like fight through, fight for, or give up, like don't act out of that uncertainty.
1: Like, how do you know what's worth fighting for? What What's worth fighting through? Like, how do you know, you know, when to give up? Um, you know, I think one thing that Zena and I talked about, and it was more so, more so her, uh, statement that she made at the very very beginning of our relationship and i think it might be something that she kind of holds true throughout all of her relationships uh which is like she says when it's not fun anymore that's when it's time to go um, and and you know when you're in a long-term relationship and you're trying to find like you can't ever reach joy um, in your own life or with your partner. You know, uh, that's that's just her. That's just her baseline. It obviously doesn't have to apply to anybody else, but for me, I I can relate to that and I can uh, I can empathize with that. Where I'm like, yeah, if I'm not feeling this level of joy being in this partnership, then it's it's probably time to go, right? Um, and so that's a baseline for us that we've talked about, even when we're in serious conversations, in arguments, in really tough moments. Like it's it's a baseline that we've used, and so maybe you know for everyone else. Not that you want to start with the end in mind, but as you navigate with your partner, like what what does the end all be all look like?
2: Like it can be something that can make it more empowering. Shibu, I, I'm I am um, reminded of some of this of um, back, way back in the day, and if you you probably have already done this sort of internal analysis in yourself, but this is I think maybe. a more personal questions. So you can leave it in or not, but um leaving it in. Let's go way back in the day. You came to me about another breakup and like yeah. asked me advice on how sort of I got back together with, with my wife at the time we had, you know, uh, I mean, I think I may have told the story on the podcast before, but you know, we college sweethearts got out of school, month later, separated, was like, you know, unsure of how we were transitioned to adult life. A uh, year later, uh, we had been, I would moved to New York City, where she was sort of adjacent to New York City. And, um, and so spending more time together, realizing, you know, sort of uh, missing elements of, of life and those sort of things. And, and, and truthfully had, had no intentions immediately, but then sort of having these feelings wash over as respectfully as I could sort of try to reinsert myself into her life um, through letters and, and notes and casual meetups and things like that. And then I think you went through a little while later a, a sort of similar like, hey, how did that model, how did you do that? Uh, I believe is sort of how you asked me, but like yeah. that was, we were young adults at the time when we were sort of going through that sort of thing. Yeah. Are you, are you finding yourself reflective of, of sort of like those two? Cause that seemed like a pretty, you know, s- serious and, or, you know, sort of traumatic. Are you finding yourself connecting to, 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 to past breakups, I guess.
0: I, I've thought about that conversation that we had you know, it was over a decade ago, right? Like it, it was mm-hmm. to your point, we were young adult men. Now we're like middle adult men almost. We're almost 40. As you reminded <laughs> me the other day when I was we're doing fun full, things, you were, we're like, full we're full almost <laughs> 40. <laughs> oh my
2: God, dude. How? I think that's ow. it. I think that's it. Full ow. on middle age. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you know, so, so on one level, you know, there was maybe one moment where in the last, you know, month and a half where I allowed for the parallel between the two breakups to kind of creep in. And I had to stop myself there, right? Because on some level, I, I could easily go down that hole, right? Because it was about, you know, it was over a decade ago. Uh, in both relationships, I ended up moving to New York City uh, to pursue this thing. In shortly, New York! <laughs> and then shortly thereafter, didn't happen, right? And, and so there could be a world where I just allowed that to be the narrative, right? And the reality is that... It's just not true, right? Like the, the, Mm -hmm. while there are some surface level similarities, uh, there's just such a significant difference. The main one being who I am, who I was at, you know, 26, 27, 28, who I am at almost 40. Right. And and a lot of the work that has happened over that time, uh, personally, right. To, to heal some of that trauma that we were talking about earlier, whether it's like childhood trauma or past relationship trauma or, or deaths that happen in our lives. Right. Um, Also, you know, I think in that other relationship that, and will, when I came to you around that conversation, the reality is, as I reflect on that, like I was, I was acting out of a place of desperation and out of a place of where I had, there was a lot that went wrong in that relationship that I was responsible for, that I was at fault, right? Like I'm Mm -hmm. sure there was of the other person, the woman I was dating too, but like a lot of it was on me. Right. And in, and I didn't show up well, frankly. I, I didn't show up well because I wasn't at my best self. I, you know, wasn't, for a lot of reasons, I didn't show up. I didn't show up. I didn't, I wasn't living into the values that I had then and wasn't showing up right. that way. I think it's different. I know it's different now, right? Like, you know, are there mistakes that I made in this relationship? Of course, right? I'm human, right? I,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I make mistakes, right? But I showed up really well, you know, and and had done a lot of work uh, and, and it's not casting blame on, on my ex, like, but it is saying that, you know, there is some, it's not level of comfort, right? Cause it's, it's not, it's not comfortable. It's very uncomfortable, but there's some level of like, just being clear of like, Hey, I did the best I could with what I have. Right. And, and that's a big difference back then there was a real desire to like, try to like make the situation work however possible. Will it like. And there's some of that still here now, but I think there's far more understanding and the people around me remind me of this of like, you got to lean into the uncertainty, right? Like, you don't, you don't know how things are going to go here. You can put your best foot forward. You can lead with your values. You can show up in a way that is supportive of that other person. That's also supportive of you that keeps whatever boundaries that the two of you have identified. But this isn't going to be a thing that you write the fairy tale story ending on the front end and just go make it happen. Like, that's just not going to, that's not how things work
1: there's been a number of strategies and uh things that we've identified that men can do when relationships end to not end up in a situation like kanye's in with kim also shout out to kim like i love the kardashians by the way and i think a lot of people don't give them any credit for anything uh and i have a hard time Uh, getting on board with that because like anybody who even though it is their choice anybody who chooses to live their life in the public eye um, it's hard that's hard it takes a lot of courage to like live your life that way Um, and people criticize or in this day and age especially like we're really quick to criticize as not as much as we are to like reflect and look at our own lives Um, and so I'd like to start off by saying um, a couple strategies that men can use to um, you know, come out of these breakups uh, and feeling like they are in control of themselves is to take accountability for your words, your actions and your part in the breakup. Like, don't even look at the other person, spend a significant amount of time looking at yourself in the mirror, figuring out what could you have done differently at every moment because the moment you stop blaming is the moment that you stop letting somebody else control your life and your narrative and so it's essential for you to look in the mirror and figure out what could you have done differently and this is this is part of the reason where men become toxic because they look at the they look at the woman or they look at the partner across the way and they even though they can't believe that so for example man will cheat partner will then do something that is Described as crazy, get online, text other women, text other men, like whoever, and like the guy will be like, "Well, that's crazy. Why would you go do that?" Well, because you violated their trust. It's it's not excusing the behavior, but like let's not act like we don't know why that happens. The reason it happened is because you cheated and you violated somebody's trust and all the things that come along with that. And a lot of times, men don't want to own that shit, and it's very frustrating to talk to men currently. I, friends to where they're like, oh no, you, you can't excuse that kind of behavior. Well, you can't excuse your behavior. So check yourself always, one, first and foremost. Um, and I think the second thing is we talked about leading with, um, when you're going through tough times, especially in a breakup, leading with sharing that you're going through those things and you'll see the community over, open up. for you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would just add to that, like leading with your values, right? Like being really clear of like, listen, this is, this is how I want to show up, right? Like, every day in my life at at my most idealized state. So what does that mean in this really hard moment, whether that's interactions with that person or just how you're showing up with your community even during a tough time, right? Like, you know, are there ways you can, you know, if you're somebody that wants to bring joy to your community, are there ways that you can bring joy to the people you're around with even though you're going through a hard time? The answer is yes, it's just hard. It's hard work, right? Like, and and so I think leading with those values and then to your point, Lamar, like taking accountability for what, you are responsible for in that relationship absolutely but and also giving yourself like time space to like actually take uh an honest look at whatever happened in that relationship right like what things you know you're accountable for what things the other person is accountable for and what things you know maybe like circumstance just didn't work in the way you wanted it to or or could have right and like just taking full account for those things Again, not to blame or shame, but ultimately to learn and move forward.
1: And writing, writing, guys, men, for anybody, actually, writing is tremendous source of therapeutic behavior to like get things transferred from the bot from the body to a piece of paper, literally taking, invisible burdens and weight and
2: transferring it to somewhere else also
0: don't go to twitter or any of the social such a platforms great to point. Right.
2: yeah yeah, right. yeah. mario you made such a profound point with like a tiny little asterisk at the end of that which is just like if you're writing like if you're writing ends up like kanye you go seek help and shabu said earlier like
1: more than likely you need therapy go get it
2: i'm not sure how many people were aware but there was a There's a law that on the books that that did not have much teeth that was passed in 1994 that over the last, that four years ago lapsed because of gun regulations that, you know, obviously the conservative uh, block of of our government didn't want to increase gun restrictions to violent domestic abusers. Um, And so the law lapsed. That law is back uh, being reauthorized right now as part of the agenda of. Of the Biden administration, and it includes some things that make it a little bit stricter. There's certainly some things. If you if you Google it, it's called the boyfriend loophole. But essentially, uh, <clears throat> the Violence Against Women Act uh, was uh, originally authorized in 1994. Is reauthorized now as part of um, this latest. Um, it and it has it looks to have some teeth. It talked about Kim's resources. Not everyone has Kim's resources. Actually quite yeah, literally, most, people, most
0: people do not
2: no one has her right. resources so uh, it is incredibly crucial uh to uh to have access to resources for women who are in these situations uh that are not as public as what we've been talking about so just to crystallize how important finding those resources is Making sure that we're identifying situations, you know, in in our communities where we can step up and or or identify ways in which uh, women can get help in in these in these crucial situations is vitally important. And to not have these resources available for the past four years, and to really get them reintegrated into society is is a is a is a good step, just across the board. So I just wanted to make sure that we. Uh, just articulated and crystallized that there is there 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 wasn't something there now there is so like please reach out use them use those resources
0: thank you all so much for this episode for the first episode of season four Uh, and thank you for joining us we hope that you're leaving with a level up and that you'll join us again through apple podcasts and spotify for the rest of season four so please subscribe review and spread the good word so that we can all redefine and thrive we appreciate y'all. The Men Up Podcast is a Grin and Bear production. The soundtrack is courtesy of Mike McGinley Music and visual artwork by Viotti Design Studio. Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. The executive producer and editor on The Men Up Podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting
2: themenup.com.